a look at the redwoods down in Rotorua. There's two sections of them. Uh, one, you can actually walk through the treetops, and the other's by the most clear water you'll probably ever see. Just gorgeous reminders. There's a good listen in that. We're going to come back to that later. Well, welcome to 40 Days of Community. If you're visiting us for the first time, I want to say welcome, and I would encourage you to take your outline out. During 40 days of, now this is a while ago, of purpose, we talked about some particular things. We talked about things like you were made to last forever. And that life was preparation for eternity. Because you're going to spend far more time on this side of death than that side of death. So God expects us to practice on earth what he wants us to do in eternity forever. And we looked at that stage some years ago that God has five clear purposes for your life and for my life and for everybody that he ever created. God wants you first and foremost, if you get everything else done on your to-do list and you miss this one, you've missed it. You've blown it. And the first thing he wants you to do is to get to know him and to love him. And that's the purpose that we talk about worship. That's one of the reasons why you were created. To, to enjoy the beautiful worship like we worshiped this morning in spirit and in truth. It doesn't have to be loud and demonstrative, but it has to be with authentic hearts. Secondly, you're formed to be part of God's family. God didn't make orphans. You are formed to be part of his family. So God wants you to learn to love people in his family. And that's called community. Second, you're a third, you're also created to become like Christ, to mature, to be like him. So he wants you, once you come to know him, to grow up in him, not to stagnate. I have four kids. Actually, not kids anymore. They're all old and big, and I'm just about the smallest, apart from my darling daughter, Helen, which I can compete with. <laughs> my lads are six foot three. Well, one of them is. So, but we as parents all naturally want to have our little babies grow and increasingly mature in life. And God wants his children to grow and to mature and to not stagnate. And that's the purpose, which should always be front and foremost, is discipleship as well. And then next, you are shaped to serve God. We saw that. And God wants you to serve on earth, so you'll be ready to serve him in heaven. And then lastly, you were made for a mission. You're not just put on this planet to hmm, consume resources, take up space, and then die. God wants you to pass on the good news about him and these purposes to other people. Now that was the big idea of 40 Days of Purposes. And that was that God has five purposes for you. That was the big idea of that series. Today, let me give you a bigger idea. And it's this. You were created for community. And you can only fulfill God's purposes in your life in the context of community. It's called the family of God. You are never meant to fulfill God's purposes by yourself. To go sit, hide in a cave, or a garage, or a home, and just do it by yourself. That's a complete misreading of New Testament Christianity. Friends, you were created for community. And you can only fulfill God's purposes for your life in the context of community of the family of God. 
In fact, you cannot even be all that God wants you to be without being connected to his family because it's all about love. Now, during 40 Days of Purpose, we talked about what nerve am I here for? And during 40 Days of Community, we're going to look at the question, what on earth are we here for? So from the very beginning of time, it has been God's plan for us to always be in relationship to each other and to God. We're not created ever to be the Lone Ranger. Remember? The Lone Ranger even had Tonto. So, we're not to go through life on our own, but we're to be in the family and in the community of God's family. When God made Adam and Eve, he put them in a perfect environment in the Garden of Eden. It was perfect. Yet, even in the midst of that perfection... He said, something's still not right here when you put Adam there. He said, it is not good for man to be what? Let's say it again. It's not good for man to be? That is clear. In a perfect environment. Think of the best environment you can think of. It is not God's will for you to be alone. So he created two institutions. Number one, he created marriage. And number two, he created the church. Jesus said though, don't forget this. Marriage only lasts whilst you're on this planet. There is no marriage in heaven. That's what the scriptures say. But the family of God, on the other hand, the church, is going to continue forever and ever and ever for trillions of years. And we're all related in God's family. Now the church is called the community of faith. It's a community of believers. It's a family of God. It's the body of Christ. In fact, Right there, the first verse in your outline. Notice this, it says this. Together. Important word, circle that. Together, you are the body of Christ. You see, I'm not the body of Christ, and neither are you. But together, we are the body of Christ. This is a very countercultural message, because in New Zealand, individualism is idolized. And God says... That's not for the kingdom. Together we're the body of Christ. It only happens in community, in relationship. None of us are the body of Christ in and of ourselves. Romans 12, 5, next verse. In fact, let's read this verse together. Since we've all got our outlines out, let's read it. Since we are all one body in Christ, we and each of us, circle two words there, belong and needs. You need to belong. And during the 40 days of community, we're going to look at how we are better together. So on Sundays, we're going to take a walk through the book of Philippians, the book about relationships in the Bible, and we're going to learn how to live in the family of God. That's on Sundays. During the week, daily readings, we're going to do 40 different ones for 40 days. And each one of those is going to be about the one another's of the Bible, which you can't do without one another. And I want to get some focus on that, because it's about community. The love one another, care for one another, pray for one another. The commands of the New Testament called the one another's that are outworked in the family of God. And then lastly, also during the week, our small groups. For the next six weeks, we're going to focus on 1 Corinthians 13, a very famous passage on love, and learn how to really love, 
practical application, not just theoretical knowledge. Now, why are we doing this? Because the number one lesson in life is learning to love. doesn't matter if you have a PhD in philosophy. doesn't matter whether you can fix anything that's broken. If you don't love, it means nothing. Zip. So the Bible says God is love. That's his nature. And the Bible says to love is of God. And the Bible tells us that the greatest thing that God wants you to learn is not algebra. Although I highly recommend it. And not being able to spell correctly. Although I highly recommend that. If you do all of that, but you miss loving, you've missed it. Doesn't matter whether you're the best soccer player, the best netball player. Doesn't matter a hill of beans. If you do not love, there's a whole passage of scripture on that. Now, we have two goals, just two, for the 40 days of community. Number one is to deepen the sense of love and community within our own church. Number one goal. Number two, and it's to reach out to the community in love around this church. And that's what we're going to do. So today, I want to start off, and just as a kickoff, look at the reasons why we actually need each other. And the Bible says there are five reasons why we need each other. And if you're taking notes on your outline, the first reason we need each other is to have community together. You can't have community by yourself. To have community together. And we see this modeled in the first church in Jerusalem. Acts chapter 2, if you've got your Bibles, tells us about that church. It says this, All the believers continued together. Notice that. They continued together in close fellowship. There's another word. It's an old-fashioned word for community. What's fellowship? It actually comes from the Greek word koinonia. And that means to be in partnership. Partnership. It means participating in a partnership. This is not a sleeping partnership. It's contributing to the cause and the community of Jesus Christ. Let me put it in a really jarring way, which has authentic truth value. It is being as committed to each other as Jesus is to us. Real community is being as committed to each other as Jesus is to us in the family. So God is the father of the family, the church. And he says, I want you guys to be committed, as committed to each other as I am to you. Boy, that's another whole nother level. Now, unfortunately, joining a church doesn't guarantee community. You can be a member of a church your entire life and never experience deep and meaningful, significant relationships. Friends, community does not come automatically. It's something you have to learn. Notice this verse, 1 Corinthians 1.10. You must learn to be considerate of one another, cultivating, I know maybe you don't much cultivating, <laughs> it's a bit of work, cultivating a life in common. Cultivate that. Cultivate a life in common. Not as individuals, but cultivate, focus on a life in common. See, friends, you cannot have community even in a crowd or a big or, or fellowship in a crowd. You can't have community with 150 people. Here's the reason why. You don't even know all their names. 
but you can spend time talking to all of them. When I talk about community, this is what I'm really talking about. Four or six or maybe eight people. Actually, what I found, if there's more than 10 or 12 in, in, in a group, some people stop talking. They stop participating. And they become more of a spectator. But community is when everybody's involved. And all we need is that type of involvement that Jesus spoke of. You know, when he went to the Garden of Gethsemane, before he went to the cross, you know who he took with him? In the toughest time of his life, he took a small group with him. He took who? Who? That's right, the three disciples, Peter, James, John. And he asked them to what? What did he ask them to do? He asked them to pray. Why? Because everybody needs relationships. And right now, in my small group, that I meet with every week, many of us are going through challenging circumstances. And we're praying together for each other. And that has the effect of drawing us closer together. Again, what's the goal? Next verse. Let love be your highest goal. So in 40 days of community and in our small groups, our goal is to learn how to really love one another. Here's the second reason we need each other. We need community because when we have community, we worship better together. It is much better to worship in a group like this huh, than by myself. Why? Because I can hear myself when I'm just by myself. I like It's nice with the beautiful harmonies. I love those harmonies. It inspires us to worship. Now, we don't just have community and fellowship better together. We worship better together. In fact, there are a number of benefits for corporate and in group worship that you can never have just by yourself. First of all, the Bible commands that we get together on a weekly basis. That's not optional. It says, if you're a believer, God says that I want you to get with other people in my family once a week. And then he tells you, you know, what should be cooking there? We should be worshipping. Notice here in Leviticus 23.3, it says, You have six days to work. We talked about this last week. Did you hear that, workaholics? Six days to work. Now, there's six days to do your work. But the seventh day of each week. Not, here's one, skip a one, and another three along. You know? Each week is Holy. That's one in seven is holy. That means separated, dedicated to a different purpose. Because it belongs, here he says here, who to? To me. So no matter where you live, Pukekoe, Papakura, Bombay Hills, wherever. No matter where you live, you must rest, we talked about the last week, and come together for worship. Later in the New Testament, Jesus said, I'm going to do this for your benefit. We talked about that again last week. And when we get together and we worship, it recharges us. It recharges us spiritually, emotionally, and physically in ways that would never happen. As much as I love fishing, and I praise God every time I catch a fish, (laughs) but it's when I get together with my family and I worship together, there's another beautiful dimension that I experience. Now let me ask you, how committed are you to weekly worship? You say, well, you know, I come when it's convenient. When I've got nothing else on. Convenience. Or maybe when it's, when my, my calendar's not chock-a-block. 
No, no. God says on the seventh day of every week. That's what he says. Not me. He. On a weekly basis, you need to get into a group in a family and worship with the family of God. So my challenge for you during the 40 days of community is that you not miss a single weekend in this six weeks. And in fact, bring somebody else with you and pray, God, speak to me through this service in ways that you haven't ever done before. And Holy Spirit, do something in my life that I may be more like you as I worship you. Here's the third reason we need to get into community, into God's family. We grow better together. We grow better together. You grow spiritually in ways with other people that you will never grow on your own. Ephesians 4.16 here says this. Under Christ's direction, the whole body, that means the church, is fitted together and each Part helps the other parts so that the whole body, that's the church, is healthy and is growing and full of love. So God wants you to grow. That's the big idea. Bigger idea is we do it together. We grow together. In fact, you can't really grow spiritually without being connected to a church family. Or you may get doctrine and ideas and Bible knowledge, and you may even say the right words, but you're not growing in the most important stuff, which is relationships. It's all about love. And you cannot build relationships if you are not in community. Now, there are many things you'll never learn in this life unless you're in community. You don't learn, for example, patience. (laughs) Unless you're in community. You don't learn kindness. You don't learn joy and forgiveness. All of those things are learned in relationship, in community, in the family of God. And this is why the first step to spiritual maturity is to join a local church family and get involved. Because you need a spiritual family. Now, it doesn't happen much in this country, but in the country where my daughter and son-in-law are, this happens a lot. Babies are left alone. They're basically delivered. Some of them were still umbilical cords attached and left on the side of the road to die. Just left, abandoned. You imagine a baby being born and left on the side of the road. And some parent walks off and says, now you grow up on your own. For that baby to grow and to mature, that baby needs a family. When you are born again, you have to have a spiritual family to grow. If you don't have one, you're not going to grow. We have a class that starts off to help you with that, and it's called Class 101. And if you haven't been through that, I'd encourage you to check the box on the back of your communication card, and we'll be glad to send you information for our next one. That's also why you need to be in a small group, because that's where you can get advice personal advice and we can ask you questions and we can offer advice biblical advice to other people why do we need advice from other people I'll tell you why because none of us have got it all together we've all got blind spots we can all learn from other people notice the word of God here in Colossians chapter three sixteen. let the words of Christ live in your hearts and make you wise use his words 
to teach and counsel others. Are you doing that? Are you using his words that you've learnt, you've experienced, and go, that is true? To encourage and advise and counsel others. See, the point is, that verse is in the context of a group. This is biblical advice, advising others biblically. Now, I urge you today to decide in the 40 days of community to make time for other people in your life, other believers who can help you grow and who you can help grow because it'll pay eternal dividends. All right, there's a fourth reason why we need each other, why we need community, why we need fellowship, why we need to serve the family of God. And number four is this, we serve better together. We serve better together. God wants you, whilst you're here on this planet, to learn to serve him. It's a very unselfish thing to do. But it shows that he's king in your life. Now there are some ways, though, of serving that we are better together. And Paul talks about this in Philippians 2, the book that we're going to look at in 40 Days of Community. He says this, Do you have the fellowship? Do you have fellowship together in the Spirit? If you do, he said, then make me happy. How? By working together. That's serving together with one heart and with one purpose. He says here, make me happy and be a church family that focuses on God's purposes and the things that matter to his heart. I want you to all be serving and pulling together for the same purposes as ambassadors of the kingdom of God. So during 40 days of purpose, we talked about the big idea was you are shaped to serve God and you are uniquely shaped to do that. And every member is a minister, but here's the bigger idea in 40 days of community. We are meant to do it together. We get more done. When we do things together, it multiplies our talents and our energy. And we also compensate for each other's weaknesses because we've all got them and we've all got strengths. And we support each other when some of us are tired or some of us are discouraged. We can pick each other up. There are lots of benefits of serving together rather than doing the Lone Ranger deal, which gets very old very quick. It's why Jesus, by the way, sent out his followers in teams. He didn't ever send them out as individuals. They went out as teams. So let's just reflect on that thought. Individually, first of all. Have you ever helped out the poor in a personal way? I'm not talking about throwing a few bucks in an offering bucket. That's not what I'm talking about. Have you done that? Have you ever visited a prisoner? Personally, you, 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 you. Have you ever visited a prisoner? Personally. How about a sick person? How about somebody who's dying? Have you done that personally? 
Some of you in hospital. How about some of you who was marginalized? Something that's not very popular, not very beautiful, or rich, or famous. All the things that the world clamors over. The reason why I ask you that question, family, is because I have a responsibility to share what Matthew 25 says. One day you and I will stand before God. That's a fact. And Matthew chapter 25 tells us we'll be judged on how we treated other people. Jesus says this. I was naked. It was a problem. And then he says, and you clothed me. You did something about it. You saw, you applied a solution. Then he says, you were hungry. Problem. And you fed me. There was a solution, the appropriate solution. He says in Matthew 25, you read it this afternoon. I was thirsty. There was a problem. A significant problem. And you gave me something to drink. I was sick. I was sick. Problem. Probably feeling discouraged. Bummed out. But you visited me. There's a solution. I was in prison. Now, if you, some of you would like to visit in prison, I can arrange for that. We have people in this church who, as their ministry, go every single week to the prisons. If you've never done that before, and that's one thing you'd like to do, because the scriptures say, hey, I was in prison, and you visited me. Write on your, on your communication card, prison visit. And we'll say, when did I ever do that, Lord? And you'll say, whenever you did it to the least of these people, you did it to me. And that's what community is all about. So it's very easy today in East Auckland to sit in their houses and be unaffected by the things that affect Jesus' heart. And I've just read some examples of that. Will you do something about this as we together give opportunity for this in the 40 days? Now it seems to me that the body of Christ should be the hands and the feet of Jesus Christ. Yet perhaps the hands and the feet have been amputated in most churches and what we've become is just a big mouth. And we're known for what we're against. Oh, we know what we're against, but not what we are for. And as I see it, Many people don't see the hands and the arms of Jesus reaching into the community. Friends, it is time for that to change. Here's the fifth reason why we need each other. We reach out better together. We can reach out into the world better together than we can do as individuals. Somebody once said, snowflakes are very frail. But enough of them, if they stick together... Oh, they can stop traffic. I can't do a whole lot of my own, and probably either can you. But together we can make an impact. Philippians 1, Paul says this about the church. I know that you're working together, struggling side by side to get others 
to believe the good news. That's how he saw the purpose of the church. Now, how do we do that? We can do that as a church body, as a family of God. How do we reach into the community of Christ, for Christ together? Well, there's a, a number of ways, but let me give you three quick ones as we wrap this up. Number one is by using our small groups to bring people to Jesus. Bring people to Jesus through the small groups that you and I are in. There are many people who would never come inside a church building because they think it's like, ooh, scary. Really scary. For those of you who never been to a board meeting, if I ask you to come to, how about the board meeting for Fletcher Building tomorrow? <laughs> That's probably the wrong one to go to. But a board meeting, some of you, if I brought you into those board meetings, you'd be quite nervous. You wouldn't want to say, and you'd be a bit on the edge, and you'd be a bit... You wouldn't be relaxed. That's how a lot of people feel about coming to a church building because it scares them to death. You and I forget that. But they would come to your house on a Friday night and they'd be much more open to ice cream and, and nice things like that at your place. So you can use your group, your small group, to reach out to other people. Remember the story that Jesus told, actually was told of Jesus, about the four guys who went out and grabbed their friend and brought him to Jesus. He was a paralytic, remember? It's mentioned in Mark chapter 2. Four men arrived carrying. So there's two great, just two words there. I want you to think about it. Arrived and carrying. So the general idea is there's four of them, there's a group of them. They arrived, they showed up, and they brought somebody. This guy is paralyzed and he needs to come to Jesus to be healed. But he can't get there by himself. Now within a few kilometers of this church, if I said five kilometers of this church, there are over 160,000 people that are there. Thousands upon thousands upon thousands of them are paralyzed. They're paralyzed by guilt. They're paralyzed by addictions. They're paralyzed by fear. They're paralyzed by depression. They're paralyzed by loneliness. Somebody's got to bring them. In this case, it took four guys to get the guy there. To Jesus. And friends, here's a secret. Some people, you've got to gang tackle to get them there. Four of you. You're coming with us. Some people are like that. You're going to build a bridge of love between your life and their life and let Jesus Christ walk across. But it's better together. One guy couldn't have brought that other guy. It needed four. So during 40 days of community, I'm going to ask you unashamedly to open up your home to to do a group for six weeks. You do not need to be a teacher. Rick will do the teaching on that one. Or a leader. You just need to be a host. It's as simple as that. And you may remember what host stands for. A host is all you've got to do is H. Have a heart for people. You've got a heart for people? Secondly, open up your home. My home's not big enough. Well, you know what? It's probably big enough for two or three. It doesn't have to be that big. You can stand in a wardrobe for that. <laughs> yes. Serve them a cuppa or a snack or a cup of tea or a drink of water. And then tea, 
Turn on the DVD. That's it. That's all it requires. This isn't rocket science. You can do this. Now, God brought you here to be a participant, not just a spectator. So everybody, what we've got here today, there's a few things I just want to run through with you. Start with these ones here. Most of you, when you came in, would have got a communication card on this one here. And I would like you, before you, in fact, why don't you grab that card right now? Can you just grab your card? Be great. When you've got that card, if you can just put on that your name and your address and your email. And on the back of this card, there's just three things I want you to think about. On the back of this card. I hope you'll write all three of these words. For some of you, you can do all three. Some of you will do two. Some of you one. But on the back of this card, I'll ask you to please write in the back of it down just somewhere there. Oh, actually, excuse me, on the front of it. Here it is. Around the wrong way. Here we are. On the front. Number one there is, I'll be part of 40 days of communion. In other words, just write the words, I'm in. So we know who's in. I'm in. On the front of that. I'm in. I'll give you a second. I'm not asking you to do this forever. It's just for six weeks. Second, on that card, will you pray for our community now and throughout the 40 days of community? I'll give you something to I'll just And if you're prepared to do that, will you write the word pray on that, please? And then thirdly, number three, if you're willing, would you be a host? Have you got a heart for people? Will you open your home? Will you serve a cuppa or a drink of water? And will you turn on the DVD? That's an H-O-S-T. And if you will, would you write the word host on that? I'd urge you to check that if you can. What you're going to be getting through the 40 days of community also, when you, when you, when you join up, we'll have six weekly messages here. And then we'll have a daily devotional, which will go through the 40 one another's. This is a great study to do 40 one another's together. Six weeks. I highly recommend that. You can get those at the back from Martin. Martin, you'll be able to buy those from Martin at the back. And also for your small group. This is a small group study guide. That'll also go with that. Now, we're doing this in all stars. We're doing this in youth. We're doing this in the church. So everybody in the church is on this together. Along with that, you'll also get a fridge magnet, which will give you the things to pray for on that. So you'll be able to get those at the back from Martin. Okay, fridge magnet. Sticks there. And lastly, there's something also to go either on your desk or somewhere like that, and it shows you the things that we want to pray for on it as well. You can pick those up at the back, from the back table. Friends, one thing I want to share with you is this, that the people who are hosts will be blessed the most. We only learn in community by being in community. You don't read it and learn it from a book. You have to do it. It's like trying to read, uh, learn how to swim by reading a book on swimming. At some stage, you've got to jump in the pool and swim. That's the first way. And you can finish filling that out and we'll collect these cards at the end of the service. The second way we can reach out to others is by giving by giving. Now, do you know that every time you make an offering in this church, it helps the church here and around the world to reach people for Jesus Christ. It helps people reach out and minister to the hungry, the hurting, the sick, and the refugee. One of the conferences last year that we did, Reasons for Hope, 
I was in the hospital the other day visiting somebody, and this guy comes running up to me. Pastor Ian, Pastor Ian. And I remember the guy. There were two doctors there. And I said, the, the kids that we brought in our youth group, one of them has changed his entire career, and he was going this way, and he's changed back now, and he's studying to be a pastor. You help with that. It, the, the, the offerings you give help us reach out to people who don't know Christ yet, here and around the world. Now, maybe you are not in a position right now to go to different places around the world. I have a list of about 27 countries which are in the last part of Africa alone that need help. You may not be able to go right now, but you can support. And the Bible says you and I should support. Don't wait till you've got a million dollars in the bank. You can start as a university student, like I did. 3 John 8 says this, We must support believers who go on trips like this so that we can work together with them in spreading the truth. Speaking of which, if you'd like to get a, an update for what's going on in Uganda, a live update, um, just on the communication card as well, that communication card, just write Helen and Tim, and I'll send you a link of their latest uh, exploits, what they're doing up there in an interview that they did. And the third and final way that we can reach out is by helping, by praying for our city. And that involves praying for other churches too. I hope you do pray for other churches like we do in our small group weekly. And for Christian workers all across this land. Friends, we are not in competition with any church. That's ridiculous. It's like two ants arguing over who's going to eat the elephant. There are plenty of people. If every church in East Auckland was packed to the brims, four services a day, we still wouldn't be reaching anywhere near all the, church, all the people here. Friends, we're all on the same team. And so you should be praying for other Christian workers and other churches Now let me ask you this. Do you think that New Zealand, our country, needs a spiritual awakening? Do you think it does? Okay. I think it does too. So one of the things is to recognize that need. Then the question is, well, what do I do about it? One of the things we should be doing is praying. And I love this verse in 2 Thessalonians 3.1. It's a great day, a great verse for 40 days of community. And this is one of the things that we are going to pray. Pray that the master's word, that's God, will simply take off and race through the country to a groundswell of response. Wow! That will be an awesome godly dream to become true. How is that possible? Well, we have to get together for fellowship and community together. We've got to serve together. We've got to grow together. We've got to worship together. And we've got to reach out together. And if each one reaches one, it will happen. About 40 years ago, I decided I wasn't going to waste my life, and I don't think any of you want to waste your lives. And that's why I think God brought you here today and wants to use you in 40 days of community. You see, you were made for five purposes, but you'll never fulfill those five purposes on your own. You need me, and I need you, and we need each other. So I invite you to participate in the kingdom of God. That's going to outlast every other endeavor. It'll outlast Amazon and Facebook and the United States. They will be gone. They will mean nothing. 
Governments come and go. And our nation needs a new spirit. But there's only one organism, one family that can bring it. And it'll outlast everything. And it's the church of God. Because it will go on into eternity. And that's astounding power in all the churches that call Jesus Christ Lord. Because when believers get together and they worship together, they fellowship together, they're in community together, they love and serve and reach out together, and they join together, it's unstoppable. One day in history, final verse, it's going to come to a close. And this is what it says. This is God's purpose. That word keeps popping up. When the time is ripe, he will gather us all together, that's the community, from wherever we are, in heaven or on earth, to be with him in Christ forever. That's how it's going to end. And God wants you and me to spend the rest of our life preparing and practicing for that day, with that firmly in mind. To do anything else is ultimately building on wood, hay, and stubble. It's a waste of time. You weren't put on this planet to live for yourself. You were made by God and for God. And this is his purpose for you. Would you bow your heads with me? Friends, it's time for the church to start acting like the church that God planned and he purposed He designed his family, the church, to meet your five deepest needs and to help you fulfill God's purpose for your life. God never meant for anybody to be alone, lonely. The truth is that you were created for community and you were shaped to serve and we need each other. If you'd like to renew your commitment to the kingdom of God and what he wants to do. I invite you to join us in the 40 days of community. Would you pray this in your heart? Would you say, dear God, forgive me for the times when I didn't think I needed other people in my life. It was self-sufficient. I want to be part of what you're doing on earth and I don't want to miss out. I want to be part of your family. And I want to experience real community that I've never experienced before in fellowship. You can be honest and say I'm tired of superficial relationships. And I want to learn to really love and to be loved in a deeper way. Thank you for bringing me to this church family. Thank you for a place to belong. Thank you for a place where I can grow and be challenged. A place where I can serve and share and I can worship together. Father, I do not want to be passive. A passive follower. A spectator anymore. Would you bless our church as we do 40 Days of Community, Lord? And help me to get into a small group so that I can learn experientially about community. I pray this is in your powerful name. We ask this in Jesus' name. And all the people said...
Thank you, Pastor Ian.